welcome back to Now I'm Just a Worm with your hosts, Anjanette and her hetero life mate, Jess. This week we are talking about everything Kevin Smith and everything involved with his oeuvre or his line of work. I just really wanted to use that word, I'm sorry. But hashtag not sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, I think we both have been really like kind of in love with everything Kevin Smith like we both kind of grew up with his work and the Clerks movies and Dogma. Dogma. When when I think about my top three Kevin Smith movies, I have um, Dogma as number one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as number two, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Chasing Amy as number three. And that's in the View Askew universe right, line, right? Where that's like those movies. He has a line, a line of movies that all the characters kind of like intertwine and like the the storylines kind of like they reference each other in all the different movies and everything. And they have he has like different characters like he has like Ben Affleck play a couple different characters in all of his movies. Um, same Damon. thing. Yeah, Matt Damon, Jason Lee, um, <laughs> Dante, and oh my God, what's his fucking face from Clerks? Oh. It's there. Dante and my brain. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember right now. We were literally just looking up everything that had to do with... Um, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have IMDb. Randall! That's what I thought. Like, Randall was right there, and I'm like, but but that's not right. But it, God damn it, it was. <laughs> I could not. I could not remember for the life of me. Literally, no letters were coming to mind, and I was like, Dante. That's all I remember. <laughs> I think. I think my top three is Dogma, Clerks, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. 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 Yeah the quote-unquote reboot that he's doing with Jay and Silent Bob and their new weed brand, essentially. I don't really know what you call that, but launching their, their own company. Yeah, like their own their own brand of weed. You can get the Indica and Sativa. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, it's, it's Jay and Silent Bob branded. It's part of their merchandising. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just, just genius. I think it's amazing. <laughs> But I don't, it, he's just one of those writers and directors where I feel like almost any movie topic or genre that you, that you discuss, you can reference him in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. And Dogma, I think Dogma was the first film that I've seen that he, he had done before Clerks. Yeah. And I don't even know, I don't know, I don't know how that came about, but I think one of the reasons why I loved it, though, was it just blatant fuck you to the catholic church not necessarily fuck you but it it poked some really obvious holes at the bible and i think i think i ended up watching it at a time in my life where i was coming out of the whole baptist ring and i I, (laughs) the the ring that i was pulled into i crawled out (laughs) but i had a lot of the same questions that were kind of brought up throughout the movie um, and it was just cast brilliantly. It was just oh done God, really yeah. well. I thought it was like I thought it was. Uh, I love watching Ben Affleck and Matt Damon together. Mm-hmm. Um, like from watching them in Goodwill Hunting and then seeing them in this movie and like it was, it was just so, so good. Actually, like the part of Loki was originally supposed to go to Jason Lee, but he couldn't do it. Um, I think it was like a scheduling issue, so he ended up being Asriel, um, a deep like playing a demon. Yeah. And uh, but I I'm actually really glad that it went to. Uh, that was played by Ben Affleck, right? Ben Affleck. No, Matt. No, Damon. he was okay. That was yeah. Matt Damon. So it was Bartleby was is Ben Affleck. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say Matt Damon. Me too. Like, <laughs> Matt Damon played both Matt angels. Matt Damon played everyone. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> played everyone in that movie but um just the way that it was written and the fact that alan rickman like really wanted to be a part of 
a Kevin Smith movie after watching Chasing Amy and Kevin Smith kind of like geeking out over it. <laughs> and like an interesting tidbit about that was that Jason Mewes, who is normally like probably Jason Mewes, Jason Mewes <laughs> about it. Um, I guess got his shit together and memorized the entire script before filming even began because he wanted to be on his best behavior for Alan Rickman, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is just adorable and the right way to go when it comes to working with Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. He rest in peace. Yeah. Peace. Wow. (laughs) I am having a rough time talking, guys. I am so... May he rest in peace. Put down I the red. Probably <laughs> stop drinking. That's that might be the ticket. <laughs> you think? You blame it on the Chinese food we just had. That's all right. Yeah, I'm gonna drink some. It's all the MSG. <laughs> it's bringing me down. It is making us the dumb. <laughs> I had the dumb already, and it's just desiccating all of the moisture from my dumb and making it like extra dumb. Oh. <laughs> uh. No, I thought it was brilliant that uh, George Carlin plays mm-hmm. the, car- the Cardinal, right? Yep. Because it wasn't, obviously Cardinal it wasn't Glick. the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. Was just, I mean, that was perfect. He couldn't have cast that role any better. Any Anything that George Carlin touched was gold. And I think that's another reason I really liked Kevin Smith movies was that he worked with George Carlin mm-hmm. in a couple different um, projects. And him... <laughs> Him, like, George Carlin as the Cardinal was, like, chef's kiss. It was just, it was brilliant. Yeah, I just, I think that's one of the things I love about Kevin Smith, too, is that he always, I mean, obviously, I don't know him personally, so I would hope that if I ever were to meet him, it's not one of those things, like, don't meet your heroes kind of situation. Oh, I don't think so. I don't don't think think so either. But I feel like he's always stayed just your Jersey hometown boy and just always very down to earth and still nerds out and freaks out. If he gets to work with some of his favorite actors and actresses, like just always stays so humble and just so like, Holy shit. I got to work with Bruce Willis. Like one of my, you know, my favorite actor. And I got to, you know, help in this project. I got to do this. Like, and just, he's still like geeks out about it. And like, I love that. I love that about him. And I think that really comes off and, everything he does and the interviews that he does and he's just very approachable still well like if i i follow um pretty much all of his social media pages and it is pretty much exactly like you would think like he really does kind of geek out about working with just his friends too like yeah oh my god i can't like he's like i'm so blessed that i get to work with my friends on this project and i got to work with this gem of a human being blah blah blah, blah and it's just like, he geeks out about yeah. that stuff all the time, and he is such a a genuine... He seems like, I mean, obviously, like, social media, but he honestly does seem like a very nice, approachable, humble human being. Yeah. You know? like... But his... also don't fuck with him. Well, oh, yeah, you know. Because he'll bring you down with his words. Yeah. <laughs> you will end up as some sort of one-liner or skit. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> But I think I think too like his love for Stanley. Yeah. Like I know when there was a lot of issues um with Stanley's estate and just kind of personal life before his passing, just a lot of just really grimy shit was kind of brought to light and a lot of it was, you know, do we believe it, do we not believe it? But I remember he had posted something basically like, just move in with me, Stan. Like yeah. I'll take it and I was like, I really feel like that would happen. Like I, I feel like he would. That's not just like some bullshit offer. Like I feel like if Stan was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go move with Kevin," yeah, I could just see them chilling, like smoking a blunt together, talking about their favorite <laughs> comic books. Like, <laughs> totally, absolutely, because he he very much seems like a very, a very down to earth guy. Just the fact that like, he tries to work in work with his family as much as possible in mm-hmm. every way. Like he works with his daughter Harley Quinn, and he works with his wife. Uh, Jennifer Schwalbach mm-hmm. and like it's it it's just like you don't really get that with like this kind of big-headed Hollywood person I mean maybe not all the time but like with Kevin Smith like it really seems like he he is like that guy next door kind of feel right but like your best friend who also lives next door and he wants to like involve you in all of his projects and he wants to have you do all these things and like that's what's really cool about him and 
uh, I was talking with Jess earlier saying that like one of the things I love about Kevin Smith which is kind of like a trademark for all of his films is that the people that he gets to work in his movies he has them reference their other works of art like um, Elijah Dushku who was in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Strike Back he was like she referenced Bring It On because she said Bring It On in one of the in one of the um Episodes, Jesus fuck. One of the scenes. In one of the scenes, she said, bring it on. And Mark Hamill, who was also in the movie, said, you know, don't mess with the, like, don't mess with the Jedi Master. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, don't fuck with the Jedi Master. That's what he said. I mean, can't remember. Can't forget all of the fucking... The fucks. The fucks. Yeah. I think that was another interesting tidbit on IMDb that I read was that, like, the word fuck was used over 200 times in that movie. I could, I could believe it. And I actually, sidebar on that, I had a poster with the little song that Jay sings in the beginning. Yes. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. Mother, mother, mother fuck, fuck. Mother, 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 fuck. Mother, fuck, mother, fuck. Noise, noise, noise. One, two, one, two, three, four. Noise, noise, noise. <laughs> like, I, it, I would look at it every day, and I would sing it, and I would be happy, and it was amazing. And I, I think that's what really, I think probably that's what made me, like, connect with James and Bob Strike Back so much. <laughs> Not that poster, but just um, the weird family-friendly kind of feel it gave me. It, it's not meant to be a family film, I don't no. think, but like that kind of like just working with your friends, having fun kind of feel like the the fact that like all these different celebrities were in it. Yeah. And in the end when they go through all the credits and you see them like, I think that's blooper footage that they show in the credits mm-hmm. um, of all the different people. Like, you see them having so much fun, and it's that's awesome. Right. Like, that's one of the things that made me want to be an actor when I was younger, was watching movies like that and seeing, like, everyone have so much fun. Like, just creating art. Right. I thought that was awesome. So, thank you, Kevin Smith, for that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and I think um, like it's a dogma definitely sucked me in right out of the gate. It's still one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just for the fact of poking so many holes and bringing up so many questions that I think um, a skeptic would have, you know, yeah. reading the Bible as far as there is that gap between when Jesus was, like, a young man up until his 30s. Yeah. And Chris Rock bring it up of, like, well, you don't, you didn't think he fucked you know, yeah. like he had, like, a family. What the hell did you think he was doing between that time? Like, <laughs> the black apostle that they wrote out. <laughs> yep. I mean. And the fact that Jesus couldn't have been white. <laughs> no, not not a chance. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. Uh, so I just, I love that, though. And then, you know, going back and watching Clerks and Jane Silent Bob and some of the other films he did. And around that time, like, <laughs> I connected with Jane Silent Bob on a stoner level because that was all I was doing back then. <laughs> so, but I just do you know, snacks. Yeah. <laughs> it was a thing. <laughs> yep. 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 But I think now though, like going back and looking over his body of work, I His uh, oeuvre? His yeah. I just yeah. That word. <laughs> I I kind of forgot how much he's done. And not only how much he's done where he's written and directed, but also how many other little projects that he's had a chance to direct in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually recently watched Chasing Amy because that was one of the films that he's done early on that I didn't watch. And uh, Will wasn't a huge fan. So I said, yeah, no, he wasn't a huge fan of it. So he was kind of like, I mean, you can watch it, but it's not really that great. And I loved it. I loved I it. Lo- I will say I don't remember who, like, the main actress asked it. The lady. The lady was. Oh, oh, make fun of me because I couldn't say peace. But what did you say? What what, what, what did you try to say? The actress. Joey Lauren Adams. I can't stand her fucking voice. Yeah, I, I hate think it. she can help that. I know she can't. That's like, it's not her, her fault and I feel bad. And she was fan- like, she played the role very well. Yeah. Um, I hate her fucking voice. It's kind of like Minnie Driver can't stand her voice either yeah i don't know i don't know what she said what did she say who was that main yeah. driver we'll talk about that later all right okay but no i just I, that was that was the biggest thing like once i got past that 
I was I was good, but um, I thought it was hilarious, especially in the beginning. You're just like, you know, they're only a tracer. You're yep. <laughs> and the fact that they bring that up, like he he intertwines all of his viewist universe movies, like he references them in all the different. So right. like, I mean, they're they're kind of like you know passing references. It's not like something that. If you hadn't watched the other ones, you wouldn't necessarily get there. But they're not so... Like, what I'm saying is, like, they're not huge references where you're like, what? Right. But, right. like, they're just little, you know, passing phrases where, like, if you had seen his other movies, you'd be like, ha, that's from Chasing Amy. Maybe, yeah. And that's funny. I like Chasing Amy, though, just for the topic of relationships. Um, and obviously, like, if, if anyone's ever seen Chasing Amy... The relationship between what? Why you give me that look? You didn't like she, the the lady from Goodwill Hunting. Might have been somebody else. I was thinking. Hey, we'll go back to that. Okay. We're not talking about that right now. Oh, sorry. We're not talking about that right now. I was just Focus. like I thought that that was her, and then I had to confirm. No, I'm thinking about somebody else. It was not many. I'm sorry, Mini Driver. That's not you. British. She is British. <laughs> Definitely wasn't not you. I'm sorry. Cindy Lauper? No. What? Okay, I don't know. Anyways, back to chasing Amy. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Jesus. I don't seriously, folks. I don't know what her fucking problem is today. All She's right. not on the drugs. I swear. I don't think she is anyway. We'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but what I what I like about chasing Amy though is, you know, obviously the relationship between Ben Affleck and what the fuck is her name? Joy Lauren Adams. Her. Or Amy. Amy. Yeah, we'll just go with Amy. <laughs> between Ben Affleck and Amy, um, you know, is that, is that she's a lesbian. With Holden McNeil, I think. Holden, yeah, yeah, Holden McNeil and, and with Amy is that she's a lesbian and, you know, he falls head over heels for her. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself is complicated, but I, you know, the complication of him and... No, Chasing Amy was a, a reference in the movie... That Silent Bob brought right, up. Right, 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 right. Wow. Jesus wow. Christ. I just watched this a couple days ago, too, folks. You're... You're screwed. You yeah. can't remember well, fucking shit. Do you remember what happened this morning? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> Alyssa! Her name was Alyssa. Alyssa. Um, but no, but just that and the relationship between him and his best friend and how that was, you know, threatened with a relationship. So just relationships as a whole and the different complexities of it. But um, just the whole, the, the entire bar scene, the entire bar conversation when they go out thinking that, oh, she asked me to come out and, you know, she wants to see me and it taking like hours for them to realize that they're in a, a lesbian bar, gay bar. Yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> But the conversation after that, though, of her, like, you know, I mean, I don't love this girl, but I'm going to go fuck her. And he's like, what do you mean you're going to go fuck her? You can't fuck her. She's like, Why can't I fuck her? Because I don't have a dick? Because I'm not penetrating something? Yeah. You know, it's just your very, like, idea and your definition of fucking is still, like, that Yeah. That kind of, a, like, original quote-unquote idea that you have to be penetrating something with a dick mm-hmm. in order to have sex. So it's just an entire conversation about the misconceptions and misunderstandings of lesbian couples and how that works. How do you scissor? Is scissoring a thing? Scissoring's not a thing. It kind of is. It kind of (laughs) is. It kind of is. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I like that. And then moving on, I think they have like another conversation where they're in the park. Again, just about her relationships and like sexual encounters and fisting fisting and and then what we had brought up too and like in a lot of the same conversations that we brought up in our second episode of you know he's like well have you ever been attracted to a guy she's like no i mean haven't you been curious he's like no she's like all right then like that's just just how it works yeah you know but i think like you had brought up before too is later in the movie when he realizes that she had slept with other men like that was his breaking point yeah not only sleeping with other men, but just the fact that she, this was, I think, I guess, I think in high school, like, yeah. she had this uh, reputation in high school because she was getting fucked by a guy while she sucked another guy off. Right. And he could not, he could not handle that. He could not let that go. 
like not, doesn't matter the fact that it was like years ago at the, I think at this point like decades previously at least 10 15 and years she had been I think that I don't even know if that was a tipping point in her realizing that she preferred women or what but she had, yeah. I think exclusively after that incident it is had exclusively dated women and that until Holden and then when he finds this out and it didn't like there's this whole scene where she's saying like doesn't matter that I did this like I want you like I, I'm with you doesn't that like doesn't that mean anything and he just cannot get over it and that's pretty much the reason why their relationship stopped right because he couldn't get over the fact that earlier in her life she had been with two guys in that manner right and it wasn't the fact that like he had quote turned her yeah which I think was like a huge ego bust well she had she had said that too she was like see that was one of the other things he was pissed off about was you know why would you lie to me saying that you've never been with a man before which I could understand being pissed off about, about in like, that case that instance of like just like I don't know why you think you thought you had to hide that from me but right. at the same time like if like if it were me and I had found out that I'd be like I'm I'm actually I'm pissed that you wouldn't tell me that you had been with another guy I'm not pissed about that you the, the were. circumstances right. in which you were with another guy I don't right. care about that it's just the fact that like why did you have to hide that from yeah. me and at first like when I was first watching the movie that's initially for like a hot second is what I thought he was kind of mad about and I'm like Again, like, yeah, I think I would probably be a little bit upset about that, too. And she she flat out said, she's like, well, it seemed to be so important to you. And I just basically kind of wanted you to feel that special. Like, I want just, you could just have that. Yeah. You just kind of have that feeling. Like you said, that is so, so egotistical. And I almost feel like for, like, the really, I'm a man, man. Like, people that are, like, men that are really insecure with their masculinity and. Those fragile, fragile egos. Like, the atypical like frat boy kind of you know the guy i'm talking about mm-hmm. you know that i am all that is man i am god's gift to women i think that's like is one of the fantasies is i am that good that i could turn you straight yeah just again but that hurts that's all. my brain yeah <laughs> but then thinking that that's something that can be like again that kind of goes with like a a gaze can be converted kind of right. thing you know what i mean like I can turn you straight. No, it's not really how it works. Um, sorry to bust your bubble. Right. But I think that too, that and then um, how she was ostracized by her friends. You know, I think their response, like she didn't want to tell them mm-hmm. at all. And they kind of caught her on the pronouns that she was using. Yeah. And they're like, I just, they just all look so disgusted. And the one's like, oh, another one bites the dust. And it's like, you like who you like. Yeah. I, I think that is kind of like a big um, no-no in at least what I from what I've heard stereotypically from the lesbian community is that oh my god you like guys and like not necessarily that's how every lesbian operates is that the man hating right like how they how um, his friend Banky um illustrates he's like there's only so many like i think three kinds of lesbians there was the lip lipstick lesbian there was the butch lesbian and then there was like this um like the easter bunny fantastical kind oh, of oh yeah when he drew like the four-way yeah. yeah um like i don't think that every lesbian is like hating on all of the guys like right. that's not how every lesbian lesbian operates but um that's how these lesbians were in yeah. chasing Amy. They did not like the fact that she was um, going towards guys. Yeah, I don't think. I think that, and then just the fact that like that she fell in love with, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that was an issue. And then just towards the just the end scene, well, almost the end scene before they got back to the comic con though of him sitting the two of them down and thinking that if they had a threesome, this is somehow. <sighs> going to fix everything yeah that was ridiculous you know i just i i liked how she knew it was coming and he's just sitting there like what is happening yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but again just like how egotistical can you be to be like you know well you're really in love with me just admit it yeah and then like for you and you know she even said she's like i'm not your slut i'm not your whore 
like I've already done that. That was an experimental part of my life. You know, I was willing to see where my sexuality was leading me and kind of try these different things. And, you know, that's my body. That's my choice. And, you know, that life, that part of me, I've done that. It's behind me now. It's not yeah. who I am. And you really don't know what the fuck you're doing and asking. You know, just like he didn't understand, like, why she was so upset and why it wasn't so easy for her to admit that she had feelings for him. Yeah. You know, I mean, that really, you have to question of, like, I thought I was a lesbian and this was it for me and this is the lifestyle that I wanted. And how confusing that could be. Well, it just goes to show you that you don't have any control over, like you said, you don't have any control over who you like. Right. Like, you, um, she fell in love with a person. Right. And it happened to be a dude. I was say, like, the person, not the gender. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I mean, like, that's how I operate anyway. And I feel like that's how a lot of people kind of tend to operate. I think a lot of people don't realize they, that's what's going on, though. Yeah. And I, I think with a lot of cases, it, it doesn't have to be so cut and dry of, like, or so extreme, I should say, as, like, I fall in love with a person, not a gender, and they're, like, they think that they, to fall in love with a person, they have to fall in love with, like, the opposite gender in order for that to be the case of right. fall in love with a person, not a gender. But um, it could be so, like, the person that you always imagined you to end up with is not the person that you actually with. Right. Even though you're so head head over heels in love with the person that you're with, it could be a, the complete opposite of like this fucking fantasy that you dreamed up. Like your your dream guy, your dream girl, your dream whatever the fuck. And then you look at the person you're with and you're and like they're almost like the complete opposite <laughs> and you're like, "You know what? I love this motherfucker." Right. Like Look at this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's what is brilliant about a lot of Kevin Smith movies, though, that I think people who look at it on this, like, look at Kevin Smith's stuff on the surface, and especially specifically pointing out Jay and Silent Bob of just like, oh, it's just stoner movies, it's just stupid, like, ha-has, is not actually looking at certain movies like that, and like Dogma, and the message, like, there's, he's saying a lot in those films. He's saying a lot and he's getting a lot of conversations started and a lot of things that are just kind of thrown out there of like, you never really thought of it that way, did you? Yeah. You know, like it's, but he does it in a lighthearted way and a way that kind of makes you laugh and it's not so serious where people might be kind of turned off by it. But, you know, I get a lot of people that like either have no clue who Kevin Smith is and that just freaks me the fuck out every time. <laughs> yeah. And, um. You know, that or they're just like, I just don't like his movies. They're just stupid. And I'm like. Did you, did you watch it? it yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like with that, like, I don't think he would have nearly as many movies if people, if there weren't enough people to relate to them. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't think the fact that he did Clerks, like, with a, as small of a budget as he did with all of his friends and it it gained such popularity that he was able to afford to make more of those kinds of movies. Right. Like, And I love, too, that, like, he filmed it at the place that he was actually a clerk at. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you can come in, like, when we're closed. So basically work all day and then film your movie, like, here while no one's here and then come back in the morning. Okay, thanks. Yep. Just live here. We'll just set up a cot in the back. Just don't see the light of day. And this, like, this is going to be your life until it's done. Yeah. Yeah. And now look at him. Like, right. He's got all these different things. And um, I think we were discussing earlier that he, I, I think for for San Diego Comic-Con, I think he does interviews for IMDb. Mm-hmm. Or something. Well, he does something for IMDb because his IMDb profile picture is him with an IMDb shirt <laughs> on, like, opening up his suit jacket as if he were Superman. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I beg people who have maybe only seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and that was their first impression, and that was their first, like, oh, this this is what you're thrilled about, is like, go back and watch everything else. Yeah. You know, go back and watch everything else, and on, I know we were discussing earlier when Red State came out, I was like, probably maybe like a year or so after it came out, I was flicking through Netflix, and I'm like, I kept going back to it, I'm like, what is this film? 
was reading like the synopsis of it and I started watching it and I was like, oh, it's a Kevin Smith thing. And I thought it was going to be like a satire, like just a really dark comedy. And it, it wasn't. I literally paused in the middle and I'm like, is there another Kevin Smith I don't fucking know about? Is this yeah. like the, the Kevin Smith? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, yep. All right. That was that guy. It's, it's him. I was like, but. And he did, I feel like from his fans, he did get a lot of slack for making that movie because it was so different so drastically different but it was still i still liked it and it was still done very well mm-hmm. and i think it was done at a time to kind of make you question about how you label a terrorist okay. and gun rights and, and things of that nature and making you really discuss of like you know when is when is enough extreme behavior and extreme beliefs enough to take it to that next step that it happened in the movie you know yeah so it's but yeah that one so if you guys don't like haha bunnies maybe start with that one you sour pusses i I feel like it like you kind of have to like the haha funny shit like i was saying earlier is that like he writes i feel like so brilliantly that he he makes you think it's almost like he makes you think about things subconsciously like he's not like shoving shit down your throat to make you think about but you're just watching things and then watching the movies and then later you might just be like oh okay that's interesting like stuff with chasing amy um with dogma yeah so like even shit like with jay and silent bob strike back like maybe not as overt right with jay and silent bob strike back but i think there are issues in there that you can like kind of subconsciously think about um even like just offhanded comments like when Chris Rock's character comes in and he's talking about um he's making fun of Jamie character Jamie Kennedy's character as like a PA and he's like you went to film school didn't you yeah and he's like must kill you to see a black man like directing a movie like this <laughs> and it it's kind of like true at that time there were not a lot of black directors in hollywood there still aren't really nearly as many as there should be no um but that was a big point so even like like even more subvertly like he's kind of like those lines are in these things put in there just to like as a oh my god funny you know what i mean it's kind of like a (gasps) shock value funny like it is, but at the same time, like it, like you said, it's meant to. Oh shit, that's that's actually a thing that's yeah is important and a, an important discussion to talk about and makes you do like you said wonder how many black director, directors and writers are out there that are getting the recognition that sh- they should be getting because mm-hmm. I'm more than sure that there's a lot more out there that we don't realize that are just aren't getting their due credit. Yeah. No. But I that too, and, and going over the rest of his catalog is um, the amount of stuff that he's directed, mm-hmm. and like has been asked to either co-direct or, or direct, and just blows my mind the amount of stuff that he's involved in. Oh yeah, like stuff that you wouldn't even like think, even just as a writer too. Right. But I think a lot of a lot of there are a lot of writers slash directors in Hollywood that kind of like do a lot of those things behind the scenes and you don't even realize. That's true. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, Tim Burton's one of them. Like, one of the people that, like, does shit that you don't even think about. Right. And it it doesn't have that Tim Burton feel. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that overt, like, where's Helena bon- Bonham Carter? Yeah. Where is she? Where's, where's Johnny, Johnny Depp? Depp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and same thing with Kevin Smith. Like, he's done things that you wouldn't even really know about like i think he's written he's written a couple episodes of supergirl Mm -hmm. and the flash uh the flash like he was um i think he's a he's a a dc kind of cooer that's a a, that's a good that's a good question kevin if you're ever listening to this marvel dc yeah because we want to know let us know we're going to be polling our our tiny audience to figure out who is who's the clear-cut winner if there is one who's the top dog yeah, it, it all depends though, and is your opinion right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you you could be entitled to your wrong opinion. We don't know. <laughs> uh, but him um directing Cop Out with Bruce Willis. Yeah, and I know. Like he was saying, being able to work with his favorite 
actor and again like he's directing like your top dog in that scenario you're directing and i can just imagine him sitting there like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god working with bruce all right chill chill play cool play cool <laughs> be like sup bruce <laughs> sup <laughs> if you could just if we could just redo the scene like this i mean not that you were great you were great and everything you do is great but if we could just reshoot it this way and just oh my god he hates me no. <laughs> yeah that would definitely be me oh yeah it's <laughs> like a director i'd be like oh god <laughs> i don't think i would be able to criticize at all like i feel like everyone else around me the producers and everyone be like you know what that wasn't really quite what we we're envisioning like maybe we could read and it doesn't they're not portraying like what the writers i'm like no it's fine it'd be like you at the end of a haircut you're like no it's great yeah <laughs> exactly it's exactly what i wanted thanks i hate it thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that would be me as a, a writer slash director slash producer be like it's great it's it's, it's fantastic <laughs> screaming internally <laughs> i think that i loved uh comic book men I thought that show was fantastic, and I don't, very disappointed as why it didn't continue. Four or five seasons, I think. Everything we love dies, so. Wow. I got dark real quick. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was just thinking about all of the shows that I've loved that fucking have been taking away from me. Yeah, just the look. I saw the look on your face before you said it, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Tides have turned. <laughs> I don't know why I went so dark. I'm sorry. Give me the rest of your reds. No. You're done. <laughs> I'm finishing it. She's drunk, ladies and gentlemen. We have to cut her off. Wow. <laughs> they believed me. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, um, I, I don't know. I just, I loved comic book men because it was just, A, all things nerdy, but just showing again like how he's still plugged in with his hometown and with people that he grew up with and still you're just working with the media that he loves yeah you know and um i just i liked every week though too just someone bringing in something that they're trying to sell that they think is worth all this kind of money and it's really not or something that they're like i don't know just found this at a yard sale and it's like holy shit the first appearance of whatever whatever it is a first edition it's worth like fifteen thousand dollars and i'm like why not me? Yep. Why not me? <laughs> I shan't give another depressing answer. Yeah, but... please don't. Keep that to yourself, negative Nancy. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag not sorry. <laughs> I wonder, though, because that, um, like, the comic book men, though, too, it was, it was obviously, like, the show, but I think it was originally, it started as a podcast. I don't know. I know he's got the, the podcast that he has with, um, isn't it, uh, Brian Mosier, I think he's got. Um, hold on. Hold, please. Why am I a horrible person? <laughs> Kevin Smith podcast. We're in this smodcast. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Smodcast podcast. Well, because as you're talk listening, while there's yeah, I was gonna say as you're listening to this, I'm uh, actually visibly seeing her slowly slip further and further into madness. It's uh, it's concerning. I might need help. Scott Mosier. Scott Mosier. That's his first name. It's not. Did I say Kevin? You brought. Something with a B. Brian. 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 He has an, another friend whose name is Brian. That's where it was. Uh, I was getting things <laughs> confused. Yeah, he also uh, he co-directed with Scott Mosher on uh, Mayday. Oh, oh, well, there you go. There you go. That was another one he did. I loved, um, I don't know, I loved, I don't know if I loved Tusk. She doesn't know what she saw. That's I don't, what I keep hearing. I don't know. I just know it was fucked up. Like, she's, like, looking over who at, she's like, oh, Justin Long. I'm like, it was fucked up. And I was, I was fucked up. Literally every actor that I mentioned, she's like, it was fucked up. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. I'm like, I, what is it? 
Was it good? Was it bad? I what was it? I don't know. She doesn't know what happened. I know what happened, but I can't tell you if I liked it. I don't know if it was good. It was definitely um, a dark, twisted satire. I, it's like thriller kind of thing, but I basically Justin Long's character um, is he's, he has his own podcast and he's supposed to go interview this kid that's like, I don't know, fucking made ninja or some shit. He does something, like, the kid he's supposed to interview Made does something. Ninja? Like, he makes himself, and he's like, oh, I'm oh. a ninja, but, like, he makes himself a ninja. And he I has, was he thinking does... of a, a maid who was also a ninja. That probably would have been more interesting as to <laughs> what I... <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. The kid that he's supposed to go interview for his podcast um, does something with ninja swords, and he ends up killing himself, and he doesn't know it. Like, by accident. <laughs> So, like, he shows up to go interview him, and they're having, like, the wake. So he's like, okay, so, like, I drove all the way out here, like, what am I going to do with my time? And he's at, um, I think he's at a, like, a gas station type setup, and he sees this advertisement for a recluse, and I don't remember, like, what the number was for, but essentially he calls up this guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I've got plenty of these stories, but basically, like, multimillionaire hidden up. In the woods, like, in his mansion. So he goes out there to go interview him. And uh, the guy has, like, this really bizarre story when he was in the Navy or the War. One of those where he's basically just, like, shipwrecked. And a walrus saves him, essentially. And that, yeah. And that turns into this guy having this creepy fantasy thing of walruses. And poor Justin Long, um, in the long and short of it, is now a walrus. What? Okay, even just sitting here. <laughs> he puts him in, like, he, like, kidnaps him, essentially. And he has this huge aquatic setup in his mansion where he locks Justin Long in and he sews him into a a walrus suit. I, I... That was basically my response as I was watching it. Kevin Smith, I have some questions. I think if, I think it was in Canada, the French part of Canada, that he ends up traveling to. Uh-huh. And uh, Johnny Depp plays a French detective who you can't really tell it's Johnny Depp unless like you really start to pay attention and kind of pick up on some of his mannerisms. What, what, what streaming service has Tusk so I can watch this at some point? Uh, I, don't, I watched this years ago when like, it first came out. So I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or Hulu, but... Okay, I don't think it's on Netflix. I mean, I'll double-check I'll double check on Netflix, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah, it's... But it that, was like a... It was fucked. That it was, sounds fucked. It was really fucked up. But what, Tusk came first, and then Yoga Hosers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so in Tusk, like, when he's at that gas station, the two girls, the two clerks... Um, hey! Who is played by uh, Harley Quinn and Lily Rose Depp... Are just yoga holzers, and he he springs like an entire movie about that, which is oh something about Hitler and some of the Nazis somehow escaped Germany and ended up in Quebec, I think, or one of the Canadian provinces, and then were somehow brought back as like little sausages. Like Vienna's hospital? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, the, the yoga hosers have to take them down. See, you become Minnesota mom every time you say yoga hosers. When you're supposed to pronounce it as yoga hosers. I think it's a little bit different than when you're Canadian. Probably. That's, that's just what I'm trying to say. I don't think it's ne- necessarily like Minnesota mom. That's fair. So Kevin Smith, she apologizes. It's it's not supposed to be like Minnesota mom seeing yoga hosers. No, I'd, I'd have to hear it a couple times, like said correctly with the correct accent for me to pick up on it. I'm not good at accents just on the fly. I'm not either. I just really like the Minnesota mom one. And maybe one day we'll do an entire podcast as uh, Minnesota mom. I'm starting to become concerned that you actually have, like, a DID thing going on. (laughs) I don't... 
I don't know what you're talking about. What's DID, hun? What is that? <laughs> Tell the audience. The While I have a sip of my little foodie pop. <laughs> Dissociative identity disorder used to be called multi multiple personality disorder. You know, the thing that Sybil had. What did you just say to me? <laughs> You legit, you haven't seen the movie Sybil? No. With Sally oh, Field? Sybil. Sybil. What do you think I was saying? Sybil. I thought you were saying Sybil. Like, can I have a little Sybil of that? It's not even a word. never heard you say that nor have I heard any other human being say that fucking non-existent word what? she's crying folks she had to take off her laugh <laughs> I brought her to tears oh my god <laughs> oh, fucking shit man this is why no one's gonna take us seriously I don't know. Maybe Kevin Smith will take us seriously. Please, Kevin. Please, Kevin, Mr. Smith. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Anyways, oh, I, I stick by my first statement. Is that I'm kind of concerned that uh, you might have a DID thing going on with Minnesota Mom. Like, I'm starting to get a little worried. Why? Because I can transition so well? Yeah. You say it without even knowing it. Like, you use the accent without you even realizing that you're doing I it. I don't think that that's possible. I think you're fucking kidding me? Crazy. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, no. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Fuck. Did I walk into a trap? Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, but yeah, Tusk. Tusk and yoga hosers, um, I feel like, are shut up. I'm not even going to try it. Or, like, way. I feel like those two and Red State are way the fuck out of left field. Like, I feel like primarily Red State, because that's definitely its standalone, like, serious thriller for yeah. him. But I, I don't know. Yoga Hoser and Tuss were just so fucked up. Yeah. Just so, just so fucked up. Like, I couldn't, like, I'm watching Tusk and I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. I don't know if I like it. I was watching it with my family, which made it even more weird. I think that that probably, like, had a lot more to do with you not being able to understand it when you're watching it. Like, yeah. I think when you're watching it with people who probably don't appreciate it for what it is. Like, I don't know. They... Yeah, no, I think, um, I think the group of that particular, the particular family members I was watching it with, yes. They did appreciate it for what it was. Yeah, I mean... My sister named her first two cats, Jay and Silent Bob. Oh my god, that's adorable. And they lived true to their names. Really? Oh yeah. Was the one fat and quiet? Yes. And the other one was like mouthy and annoying? Yes. That's funny. So they lived true to their names. And I mean, she got them as kittens, so there was really no way of telling like oh. that it was going to happen. They just knew. Like they were given this, they were given these two powerful names and they must live up to their name. And they did. Yeah. They did. But, so no, so I mean, I don't think I was, like, with anyone who was... Oh my god, since you're my hetero life mate. Yeah. Are you, are we Jen and Silent Jess? But you're not really silent. No. So it would be, like, Jen and not-so-silent Jess. We'll go with that. Alright. We'll go with All that. Right. <laughs> the audience doesn't know who Jen is. Sometimes I, I go by Jen, but only by my very, very close friends. Oh. But... Just Jess, because not even Steve refers to me as Jen. Okay. <laughs> he still, to this day, refers to me as Anjanette, and it kind of freaks me out. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah, all right. That's my name. Now, anybody who uses my full name, I'm like, I'm in trouble? I'm in trouble, right? Yeah. That's how I kind of think about when he says Anjanette. I'm like, what? What? What did I do wrong? And he's like, no, he's, he's just referring to me as my name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then anybody who call anybody who isn't, Either my family or friends that I've had since, like, childhood, since birth. If they use Jesse, 
I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but you do not use that name. I haven't tried it on her yet, but that's because I'm still so used to calling her Jess. If I call her Jessie, I feel like it's more like a satirical thing. (laughs) (gasps) Jessie! Like I'm calling her like some kind of cute name, and then she just smacks me because I'm being weird. I mean, yeah, I probably would. (laughs) Yep. Where were we? I don't know. Why do we digress so much? It's bad. It's really bad. Um, we were talking about Kevin Smith. We talked about Tusk and mm-hmm. Yoga Hoosers. Thank you. Um, I just did it for you. I'm pretty sure that's not how they say it in Yoga Hoosers. But, um, we brought up Dogma. I don't know. Pretty much for a nutshell, I think, like, moving forward, uh, we just bought tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, literally right before we started to record for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And uh, I, know, I think just overall, so I'm excited. really excited just to see where Kevin Smith goes from here. Ooh, that's actually what I wanted to bring up, hmm. was the reason that um, oh, he yes, wanted yes, yes. to do the reboot was because during filming of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jason Mewes was going through um, a heroin withdrawal. So in order to cope with that, he, uh, he ended up drinking heavily. So he was kind of, um, I guess, a little bit difficult to deal with on set and during filming. So Kevin Smith wanted to have wanted to have another another movie in order, like, to do like have better memories of making a film with one of his best friends, Jason Mewes. And uh, because now that Jason Mewes is sober, like he's uh, married, got yeah, a kid. he's married, got a kid, and he's doing very well. So congratulations. Jason Hughes for being um, sober for so long now because it's been quite a few years since Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and from actually Clerks too because I think that was the last movie that Jay and Silent Bob were in yeah until yeah. now um, so congratulations on that and also Kevin Smith um, thank God you're still alive after fucking Christ the heart attack that almost took you down yeah and I remember like seeing the headlines for that and I literally was just like I kept checking throughout the day like for updates yeah. so it was just like no like just no yeah it was, that that would have crushed me i think that would have crushed a lot of people and yeah i he, just that was that was quite the heart attack he survived too it was known as um it's normally it's normally known referred to as the widow's maker because a very very small percentage of people survive that heart attack i think he had it didn't he have it are the precursor to it on stage? I believe. Oh, I think that was the one where like his parents were like in the front row, and he ended up. Um, I think I remember reading something like that. I'm sorry, I don't really remember exactly uh-huh. what happened. So he but, definitely like, like wasn't like at home. He was, I think, on the road. Yeah, yeah, and um, he, but he, it wasn't like a all of a sudden thing. Like, right. I think it kind of, like, led up to... Yeah, because I remember him saying, like, he wasn't feeling well, like, leading up to whatever, like, stand-up or whatever he was doing, like, yeah. doing anything he was doing, and I think that night, or shortly after, off stage, like, he went to the hospital, but, I mean, I think it's a... I think it's a sign <laughs> that he survived to continue to make amazing films and keep yeah. directing and, you know keep kind of pushing the envelope a little bit but i i too am glad that he took it seriously because a lot of people who go through stuff like that don't yeah like they may make some minor changes here and there but you know i think it's fantastic like how far he took it It was just like you know what i'm not fucking ready oh yeah no he went completely like he went so serious he's now like uh i think an ambassador for weight watchers which i loved when they announced that because everybody had a fucking shit fit about it really can't have the weed man can't have the man that's supporting them weeds oh my god the devil's lettuce the devil's lettuce they say <laughs> i can't have somebody like that supporting weight watchers did you see his films that are so offensive but on like he's one of the best ambassadors and i'm not i'm not even like i'm not even being biased but like he honestly has shown so much more than anyone else i have seen ambassador wise show 
when it comes to Weight Watchers. Yeah. And not that I'm looking into it or anything, but, like, as far as, like, celebrity endorsements go... Keeping, actually keeping the weight off. Like, he's actually, he's doing well. Like, he actually, I think thanks, with help from his daughter, he's become a vegan, which, with the kind of heart attack he had, like, he can't really eat meat anyway. Right. So, what's the point? And, um, to keep weight off just cutting out most animal products i think would help yeah and he's done great he's done great he looks great and he's like like he does he hikes pretty much like every day he's He's doing very well yeah it's come that i remember i was in college so this was a long time ago over 10 years ago oh my god um you're old shut up but I, I remember there was a headline, an article, and, you know, a lot of big to-do about it where he was flying somewhere and he bought a single plane yeah. ticket and he got on. They were I like, um, sir, you need to buy a second plane ticket. Mm-hmm. And basically they were saying, like, he was so large, he was taking up a second seat. Yeah. And they I made him, that. I think they made him get off the plane. Yeah. It, which is, like, blows my mind that you would put somebody through that just period. Exactly. And then to go from that to where he's at now and... Just taking that. But even to be fair, though, when he was big, I didn't think he was that big. I didn't think so either, but it's been pointed out to me a couple times, like, the clothes that he wears hides it. Yeah, Like, I mean, anything that you see him in, it's either a trench coat or a hockey jersey. Like, a big hockey jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't think, but apparently, Delta fucking thought that he was large enough that he needed mm-hmm. two seats fuck you delta we all know you suck yeah but i mean i just i i think though that it's that it's great that he's turned that around and not only that but he hasn't tried to hide any of it oh yeah like he's no. been very old i mean he's open i think about a lot of things that go on in his life but you know just his progress that he's made and you know the milestones that he's hit and I, i'm hoping too that that inspires a lot of other people who want to you know be healthier that they could do it too and like it's not even necessarily that he's saying like you have to become vegan in order to do this like i i think the main thing that he kind of showcases is just the fact that he's trying to be as active as possible right which i think that even if you just incorporate some kind of exercise or some kind of activity into your daily routine that 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 helps tremendously. Yeah. Like, the body needs to move. Yes. And just watching what you eat. But he's he's done, like, especially since the heart attack, I think, like, he's just kind of... I think he's... Well, obviously, I think he's living a lot more. Yeah. I think... I think he appreciates going through, a lot more, Yeah, too. I was going to say, I think going through an experience like that opened your eyes to a lot of different things. And I, I feel like between the two of them, like him and Jason Mewes have overcome yeah. two huge hurdles that a single individual can, can have to kind of jump over and live to tell about it. Yeah, You know, I mean, Kevin Smith quite literally at death's door, and I'm sure Jason Mewes at one point was pretty fucking close to it as well. Yeah. So to be able to, both of them, to be able to kind of bounce back from that and live healthy lives now and but be, to be able to be open about that part of their lives and discuss their experiences and kind of bring up awareness to it I think is it's hard to do Mm -hmm. you know but I think it's important to do especially if you have the opportunity to to do that on the platform that they that they have access to you know yeah I think they use their um their platforms for good yeah um it it, like it kind of brings more of of an awareness to either like health issues like when it comes to Kevin Smith kevin smith's thing and addiction like, issues addiction i mean issues when it comes to jason Mew's thing and like just the fact that he i don't think he ever would have made it to this point i think if if it weren't for a lot of different factors in his life and i think kevin smith was one of them yeah the fact that like he had this friend throughout the years that like kept trying to get him straight and he had something to like live for other I think than... it's I think it's that show of unconditional love for someone and I'm yeah I'm more than sure that there were times where 
like they got into it and there was some animosity there and there was some disappointment and like just stuff that you go through when you have a loved one who's going through addiction um but the like you said the fact that they stuck it out together and i'm sure that there's probably things that jason was pissed about kevin you know what i mean just like when you have a friendship oh, yeah. for that long and then especially a working friendship as well like shit's gonna come up yeah shit's gonna come up it's gonna happen but the fact that they were able to stick it together for this long and not just kind of okay like let's say our apologies let's you know kind of like square things away and then like go our separate ways but to continue to move on and grow from that and create is really impressive yeah you know like i think that's what just makes it so heartwarming that they're still like anytime i see the two of them together like it just makes my heart so happy where i'm like after all these years after all these years they're still together and they're like oh my god like in harry potter wish you didn't see it no read no. Oh my God, I'm your angry references. Again. Your references. <laughs> your your reference will be wasted on me. It's a good Alan Rickman quote, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Because Dude. in the books, Dumbledore asks Snape, after all of this time, and then this is in parentheses. He's asking, like, so you still love Lily Potter after all this time? And he said, and he replies with always. And Alan Rickman said that, like, you know, he was, when people were asking him, like, oh, my God, like, with Harry Potter, mm-hmm. like, oh, would you still love it after all this time? And he replied with always. Uh, and it, right. it, was, it was nice, it was nice, it was nice. Ruined and wasted on a person like you. Wow. Harsh. That was harsh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I just explained it. But um, <laughs> that was pretty much the... I just, I kind of wish that you had read the books and seen the movies to fully appreciate Listen, it like I do. there are a lot of things... But whatever, we're going to bypass it. There are a lot of things that you and I can connect on and get, and there's going to be some things that we don't. Okay? So what you're saying is that you won't read and or watch are you gonna watch any of my favorite horror movies or books or read the books no you're not are you okay but i have a thing against horror do you have a thing against magic and loveliness no however okay okay so your point is moot it's like a cow's opinion it's just moo wow moving on (laughs) (laughs) it is moving on I don't know. Are we? Are we going to survive another episode? Are we going to make another episode of this podcast? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Wow. Let's do an audience poll. So Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes can go. Over 20 years of friendships of creating and working together and fight through addiction and killer heart attacks. We can't get past five episodes of a podcast. Well, I'm... I'm just going out on a limb and assuming that Kevin Smith and Jamie's kid, they probably watched Harry Potter together and Lord of the Rings and loved it. You cut deep. Mm-hmm. But true. Deep, but true. I want to know what your excuse is. I wasn't interested. Well, guys, that's all the time we have today. <laughs> um, swear to God, we'll stop ending our episodes <laughs> like this. I want to end an episode <laughs> without my heart being broken. Just not interested, she says. <laughs> Are you really crying right now? Listen, I know your fake cry. That better be your fake cry, you asshole. I don't. Don't even sit there and tell me you don't fake cry. I do not. Oh my god. I'm not an actoir for nothing. Anyway, guys, one day we'll end an episode without a fight. Probably not. I don't know. I feel like it adds color. 
that adds commentary, that adds some boiling hatred that uh, I think is just helpful to have in an episode to give it some color. Anyway, um, next episode, who knows? We'll let you guys know before we record it because I don't think we... Do we know? I thought we are Yeah, we know. We know what we're doing. There'll be a poll up in the next 24 hours leading up. A poll up. you can dance on. Brown chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, brown cow. But... So yeah, so watch all of Kevin Smith's movies and... But watch it with an open mind and actually listen to what he's saying. Yes, it's not just poop and dick and fart jokes and stuff like that. And weed stuff. It is... Oh, but congrats on them for launching their their weed brand. Yes. (laughs) Alright, guys. As always, (laughs) we will see you next time. Stay curious. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, K-Bar. K-Bar. <laughs> <laughs>